Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. The Twelve Apostles of Hell. I remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the spirit of heaviness. How many of you, I have, since that, I have identified many times that spirit starts to work and I call it for what it is. And I say, no, heaviness, you're, you're not going to operate. I know what you're doing now. I'm wise to that feeling of fear and anxiety and worry and just sadness and gloom. And, and now I'm identifying it for what it is. And it's not that I'm not battling anymore, but it's not, it's not there to stay. Once I confront it, I feel that lift off of me. Amen. And that's what this is about, is identifying it, calling it for what it is. You know, I, the name of Jesus is powerful. You don't really have to do a lot of fighting. You just identify the spirit, call the name of Jesus over it, and, and there it goes. Amen. Have you believe that? Amen. The name of Jesus is greater than the spirit of heaviness. So those that have greater effectiveness in spiritual warfare, number one, are able to look beyond the traits that are being manifest and identify the predominant spirit that is causing the issue. All right? That's what makes certain, again, it's not that you've been in church for a certain period of time or that you go to a certain church even. It's that you're able to look beyond the trait and identify the spirit that is causing it. Again, just that first lesson a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I feel like I'm being more effective, at least in that one spirit. Secondly, they're skilled in how to deal with it. All right. We use the, the illustration of that the scandal in baseball that people knew the pitch that was coming, but doesn't do an amateur, well, not even amateur, uh, a softball hack in a, in a church league. Like me, it doesn't do me much good to know a 90-mile-an-hour fastball is coming. I don't even know what to do with it if, if you told me it was coming. All right, But professionals, right? Children of God, if we know what spirit is coming and we know how to deal with it, and then thirdly, the desire to be free from it. My wife, the day after we uh, talked about the spirit of heaven, as she met with a lady from the community to talk about, uh, the lady had some questions about homeschooling, and she's come to church here a couple of times, and uh, my wife was talking to her about the lesson the night before, and the, the, the lady's daughter is actually dealing with that spirit right now, and my wife was talking to her about it a little bit more, and uh, the lady said, you know what, it, it's true that you can almost not want that spirit to go. Right? You, you, you get so dependent upon that sadness, and have you know you can get attention from those kind of things, right? And you can get you can become so attached to that that even though I know what's causing it and I know how to deal with it, I don't want to because I become so dependent. So it's got to be those three things. You've got to be able to look beyond the trait and identify the spirit. Secondly, know how to deal with it. And the thirdly, desire to be free from it. And the three battlefields of spiritual warfare, right? We, don't, we understand possession. Again, if somebody walks in here today and uh, levitates off the ground and starts foaming at the mouth and and, uh, you know, a lady of male voices start speaking out of her or vice versa, right? Or multiple voices speak out. We would say there's a spirit at work. Well, the spirit's been at work a long time if it got to that rate. 
because it starts with obsession. And that is where, uh, this is where spiritual warfare starts and it happens when the enemy strives to consume your mind, all right? So if you just have a sad thought, that, that's not the spirit of heaviness, but when it begins to consume your mind and every thought is sad and every day you wake up feeling anxiety and fear and worry, all right? You can't sleep at night, that's obsession. Oppression, this is where it goes beyond obsession in your mind and your life starts to be affected by it. And then thirdly is possession. And that takes place when the individual has accepted this. I think that's so important. Again, this, these, are gonna, these three principles are going to bear out in every spirit that we identify. And in every one of these, I, I think we get to the point where we just, well, that's just the way it is. Even society has just said, well, that, that's just the way it is. And we accept the obsession as normal. Their resolve has been weakened by oppression to the space that they're being controlled by the spirit that torments them. So tonight we're going to talk about the spirit of jealousy. <laughs> Excitement filled the house. Amen. Those of you that already knew it, I'm jealous that you filled in the blank. Uh, numbers 5 and 30. <laughs> numbers 5 and 30. Or when the spirit of jealousy, so what we're in each of these spirits, we're identifying where it's called out in the scripture. When the spirit of jealousy cometh upon him and he be jealous over his wife and shall set the woman before the Lord and the priest shall execute upon her all this law. You can go back and read the context of that later. For tonight, we're just calling out the instance in the scripture where that spirit is identified. I think most often we identify or we think of the spirit of jealousy as an attitude. All right, you know, they're... They're just jealous, or it's a certain instance. They're, they're just a jealous person. They're dealing with a jealous situation. But the Bible clearly identifies jealousy as a spirit. Now, the spirit is vicious, and it's vindictive. That can and will destroy every relationship in your world as it works to destroy your very soul. Now, there is some jealousy that is normal, okay, and it's it's... Uh, that's not a spirit of jealousy at work in your life. If someone is winking at your spouse, it's normal for you to let them know that you better step back, Jack, right? Okay, that's normal, all right? That, that's, there, there is a healthy, okay, you know, the Bible talks about God being jealous, all right? There is a healthy jealousy. But again, when that jealousy becomes an obsession, right? When you're at work and all you can think, man, I bet the, the post office guy is there right now trying to hit on my wife. Right. And call. Hey, what are you doing right now? What, what, you know, and we're checking it. That, that is a spirit of jealousy. All right. So when it becomes an obsession, when it begins to work in such a way that it hinders you from being all that God has planned for you to be. Here's how, again, we, we got to look beyond the traits, but let's start by manifesting how the spirit of jealousy. Uh, I'm sorry, identifying how the spirit of jealousy manifests. And they're listed on your paper. Anger issues. Everybody's like, oh man, I must be jealous. Uh, argumentative. Again, must be jealous. Backbiting. Belittling. Bickering. Backhanded compliments. Competition. Contention. Covetousness. Critical spirits. Deception. Discontent. Disputes. Dissatisfaction. 
distrust, division, enmity, envy, factious, fault finding, fighting, gossip, greed, hardness of heart, hatred, inability to be civil, insecurity, judging, kleptomania. All right, I'm jealous you've got that. Nope, now you don't. I've got it. Um, Malicious jesting, materialistic, marking, murderers, crawling. I'm, I don't, that's not even alphabetical order. That must have gotten put in. I don't know what that means, crawling. I have to get clarity on that one. Um, <laughs> crawling. I think that's a strike a line in that one. I'll get clear to <laughs> your jealous one-year-old at home. Uh, rage, <laughs> railing, accusations, retaliation, revenge, self-centeredness, spite, stealing, suspicion. <laughs> All right, I'm, mental images are terrible. Suspicion, temper. Unforgiveness and violence. While we tend to think of jealousy as an insecure attitude found in certain romantic relationships, it should be acknowledged that jealousy can become a satanic obsession that invades every area of our life. And I would say with every one of these spirits, it begins in one area. Right? I think spirits, uh, I know this, spirits find a wound in our life. A wound that hasn't been healed properly. And it gets access into us through that wound, but then it makes its way into every area of our life. So here's some ways that that could express itself. Jealousy over someone else's happy home. All right, somebody else has a happy home life. Hello, Facebook. All right. Amen. Social media, I believe, is a breeding ground for this spirit because we see their filtered life. They got all their filters. Wow, look at them. All right. They, they've got all this, that, and the other. Well, Anyway, that's, that's not reality. Jealousy over a position or a promotion. Jealousy over an individual's possessions. Jealousy over somebody else's blessings. Jealousy over a person's favorable opinion by others. And the list can, could continue in a variety of other manifestations. Those are just a few of them. And how many of you can say that you've at least been tempted in those areas? Right. Amen. I want everybody to be uh, happy for me when I get blessed. But the reality is we at least have to battle thoughts when somebody else gets blessed. Why is that? Because the spirit's looking, the spirit of jealousy is looking for an inroad into your life. Amen. Uh, The effectiveness of this spirit at keeping us from fulfilling the purpose that God has for our lives is it keeps our eyes ever focused upon the humanity around you instead of lift, letting you lift your eyes unto God. Man, it gets us focused on everybody around us. Right? Well, they got this and they got that and that and this and that and the other. Well, we need to keep our focus on God. Right? He is our source. Right? He's our provider. Right? It should be settled in your heart that God intends for you to have a strong, secure and stable relationship with the people of God that are in your world. 
Everybody in this church, it's, you need to settle it right now. That God, it's the will of God that you have a strong, secure, and stable relationship with the people of God that are in your world. If you find yourself getting jealous when somebody else gets used, can I tell you that didn't come from God? When somebody else gets to sing or somebody else gets to speak or somebody else, whatever, and you battle jealousy over that, then if you want to know, that did not come from God. All right? And we need to settle it in our hearts. It's the will of God that I am in a stable relationship with every person in this church. Consider the harsh rebuke delivered by Paul to the church at Corinth because they didn't understand the correlation between communion and being a part of God's body. Here's what Paul said. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul is delivering to them a very uh, harsh word because the the, the issue there is not about bread and, and, and juice. It's about you don't understand the importance of the body of Christ. Anything that causes you to see God's people in a negative light or minimizes the importance of the church is capable of doing much damage to the cause of God. Or anything that causes you to view other people in, in the church in a negative light. You say, well, they messed up. Well, what does the Bible tell us we're supposed to do with people that messed up? He who is spiritual, talk about him until he gets his act together. He who is spiritual, tear him down, right? Ask God to bring judgment. No, he who is spiritual, restore that one. Considering yourself. All right? Considering that, hey, I'm not perfect either. I have weaknesses. So it doesn't matter what the faults are, what failures there are. The, the spiritual thing to do is restore one another. Anything that causes us to view God's people in a negative light. How many know that's a fight? That's a battle. Why? Because the devil's full-time job, the Bible identifies him as what? The accuser of the brethren. He is, if, you're, if the enemy isn't whispering in your ear about other people in this church, then you're probably not living right. All right? Because his goal is to get you not living right by accusing your brother and your sister to you. Why? So he can get you ate up with the spirit of jealousy. He, I guarantee you he's accusing me to you and he is accusing you to me and he's accusing the person sitting down the aisle to you and you to them. So, you know, don't act like because you know, sometimes we act like, well, because that person's dealing with jealousy, they're a terrible person. When the reality is every one of us, the accuser of the brethren is accusing others to us and us to others. A demonic spirit of jealousy is extremely dangerous because it causes a person to step out of spiritual relationship with the body of Christ and into carnal conflict with those around them. Each of us have emotions, and those emotions are invaluable to our walk with God. You need to be emotional. Amen? How many of you know God works on us through our emotions? Amen? Joy is an emotion. We experience those emotions. On the other hand, when those same emotions become carnally driven, a spirit of jealousy can turn even the greatest saint into a contentious, conniving tyrant full of backhanded compliments and division. Y'all know what backhanded compliments are? It's compliments that you give that you don't really mean. 
right? It's like, it's a cut down, but phrase as a compliment. Why don't you look nice today? People will compliment me on my hair from time to time. I know what you're doing. I'm I'm kidding. All right. That's that's just an example. I'm I'm kidding. I don't don't care. Um, But the spirit of jealousy can turn a great saint into a contentious, conniving tyrant that causes division. Imagine the dire spiritual warfare facing an individual who becomes obsessed, oppressed, or even possessed by a spirit of jealousy. Consider the jealousy was the reason why Satan was cast out of heaven. Right? That really, at the core of it all, the reason that Satan got the boot out of heaven was because of jealousy. Scripture attributes Satan's fall from heaven to jealousy, which created an environment and attitude that cut him off from God's favor Isaiah's prophetic uh, words say it this way in Isaiah 14, verses 13 to 14. Isaiah describes Satan being cast out of heaven. He said, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. That's jealousy. I want to be equal to you. I want to be better than you. Amen. You've had your time long enough. I'm going to bring you down. All right. And that's the reason why he got kicked out of heaven. It would stand to reason that Satan knows more than any living creature just how dangerous jealousy can be. I believe probably the greatest tool of the enemy is jealousy. He knows how powerful it is. Possessing firsthand knowledge, it's no wonder that he has unleashed a demonic spirit of jealousy on, your, on our world. If he can fall from the heavens, Satan knows all too well how far any of us can fall if we give ourselves over to a spirit of jealousy. If Satan could be cast all the way down from heaven, then how far can we be brought down if we allow a spirit of jealousy to manifest itself in our lives? So here's some real life illustrations and examples of how jealousy can work in the church. Youth groups that are rocked and stalemated by jealousy caused by individuals desiring the same girlfriend or boyfriend. And I know that sound, no, that would never happen. Absolutely it would happen. All right, people start, well, I, I you know, got multiple people wanting to date that one and now they're all mad at each other instead of worshiping in church. Who are y'all looking back? I'm trying to identify who, who, what, who you guys are looking at. Uh, <laughs> that spirit of jealousy can absolutely lock a youth group up. Preachers jockeying for position, attending to prove their ministry as valuable and as powerful as the ministry of their peer. Sadly, all that's proven is their ministry isn't nearly as important to them as their ego. What appears to be constant conflict in the music department is often nothing more than a spirit of jealousy among gifted people sent to stifle the flow of anointing that godly music is supposed to produce. Once strong, godly marriages utterly dismantled by the oppression of an unhinged jealousy that caused one spouse to turn their happy home into a miserable environment that is unbearable to live in. Jealousy changes your nature into something totally different than you were before that spiritual attack came upon your life. 
We look at the person of the Old Testament, King Saul. When Saul was chosen, the Bible tells us that Saul was head and shoulders above all the people in Israel. I don't think that's just talking about him being taller than everybody. I think it's, ta- it's talking about the stature of his character as well. All right, He was God's choice. And I don't find any place that God chooses somebody just because they're taller than other people. All right, Unless he needs somebody to get something out of the top cabinet. You know? No, it, it's, he's talking about character and, and integrity and stature. Saul, when, when, this, when God chose him to be king, Saul was a man of great character, a man of great integrity. He was, uh, in, in fact, later on when, when uh, he would be rejected, God, uh, the, 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 the prophet spoke and said, when you were little in your own eyes, he was a man of humility when God first found him. What an op- upright and proper spirit he must have possessed to be handpicked to lead the people of God. However, this same man that possessed a proper spirit The Bible tells us that an evil spirit came upon him. And without question, we can tell by the actions of Saul that the evil spirit that came upon him was a spirit of jealousy, right? The Bible says he took javelin and threw it at David. He wasn't, you know, trying to send a message to David. He was trying to kill David. He was jealous because the, the, the women in Israel were singing you know, Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his ten thousand. He was jealous of the anointing that was on David. This evil spirit that came on him was a spirit of jealousy. At one point, he had been described by God as young and tender. But under the influence of the spirit of jealousy, he became a murderous oppressor. And that is what the spirit of jealousy does. The very thing that people fell in love with you about the thing that drew people to you, that once you change, amen, that, that it robs you of many precious things. That evil spirit of jealousy, that at first there was something sweet and tender about you, but once that spirit of jealousy gets a hold of you, it robs you of things that are very precious in your world. One of the reasons jealousy is so prevalent among good people is because it arrives camouflaged as protectiveness. I'm just protecting my marriage. And again, I'm, I'm we're talking about obsession. I'm not talking about, well, you know, if I, if I see somebody over there winking at my spouse, I'm going to step, that's fine. But when it becomes an obsession, I'm, I'm, I'm being protective. Sadly, protective turns into control. What started with us being protective evolves into control. The Bible provides us with very graphic description of jealousy. Song of Solomon, chapter eight, verse six says, set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Solomon, wise Solomon compares jealousy to the grave. And so the question is, in what way is the cruelty of jealousy? Why does he compare jealousy to the grave? Here's why. Because the grave robs you of some of the very same things that jealousy robs you of, right? The grave robs you of companionship. When somebody goes to the grave, that companionship is broken, right? We say even at the altar when we take our wedding wedding vow, till death do we part because the grave robs us of that companionship and so does jealousy. It destroys that intimacy. It destroys that closeness that we had in companionship. The grave takes those that you trust. 
It, it robs trust. The grave steals your contentment. If you've ever dealt with even a jealous thought, not even just jealous obsession, you know that it robs you of your contentment. If any of you have ever battled this spirit, you know that you just, you can't be content. You're always thinking about that situation. The grave robs you of tenderness towards those that you love. It robs that from you. And so, as with every spirit that we'll discuss, was the spirit of heaviness, now with the spirit of jealousy, there are many that become dependent and like I talked about earlier, I can't live without it. And there are some that have now we can become dependent upon the emotions that come with the spirit of jealousy. It becomes a part of who we are. That even thinking about not being that way, we, the thought of it, is, it's like a, a, an addiction. I gotta have that. It's part of who I am. That, that emotion that I feel when I'm jealous, I need that to exist. However, remember that jealousy will take from you everything that the grave would take from you. The change in your spirit will drive those away that you need the most. That's, that's what jealousy does. And the whole time it deceives you into thinking, well, I'm being it's because I love them that I'm protecting them. And what it actually does, though, is it drives them away. And as godly and as pure as your intentions may have been, jealousy will change your nature into something unholy. And I do believe that most often jealousy begins with pure intentions. I'm wanting to protect that relationship. I mean, I love that person so much. But jealousy gets in there and turns it into something unholy. Where we you can't, I, you know, I, I got to have, and I need a, a, a GPS tracker everywhere you go. Because I, I, and if you do that, with you, that's fine. I'm just saying when it's an obsession. All right. I, I do. I think I know where my wife, I can check if I want to know. But I'm not like there 24 hours a day. Where's she at now? Where's she at now? All right. If I ain't seen from her for a while and I'm worried about her, I'll check. Oh, she's all right. She's at Target. She's at Walmart. <laughs> Call the bank. Shut it down. She's all right. <laughs> not really. All right. Everybody understand the, the difference, though, between just being a good and godly jealous and the obsession and oppression and possession of jealousy. Now, if you're in this condition, it's important to realize that it is a demonic warfare. Again, how do, how do we know it's possession? When you think that's normal. When you think that's just the way it is, that's a sign that possession has taken place. If you've come to think that that's just normal, to be controlling over a relationship, to where I gotta know where you're at 24-7. Okay, can I tell you, that's not healthy. That you can't trust that person to get out of your sight. That's not healthy. All right. It's changing your nature, isolating you from those that you need and tormenting your mind until it hinders your effectiveness. How can you be effective in the kingdom of God when you're consumed with jealous thoughts? How can you be effective in the kingdom if anytime somebody else gets a solo, you lose your Holy Ghost? You cannot be effective. Okay, because you don't even trust God if that's the level that your jealousy has gotten to, that if God uses somebody else, you get angry. That's saying, God, I don't even trust you. You can't be effective. And that's the reason every one of these spirits are at work at the bottom, the root of it all is to hinder us from being effective in being everything God has called us to be. So we're going to identify it now. Again, it's not just I know a fastball is coming, but here's how you hit it. 
Step one, the first key to overcoming is separating yourself from environments triggering unholy responses. Just walking out of here tonight and saying, I don't want to be jealous anymore is not going to do it. You must take deliberate steps to recognize the atmospheres that trigger your unholy responses and avoid them. All right. I, now, if you get jealous because somebody else is praise singing, I'm not saying don't come to church. All right. But if you can't scroll through Facebook or Instagram without jealousy being stirred up. I, I, and I'm not a genius, but it might be good to delete it. I guess I am a genius. That was a very good solution. All right. If I ever, every time I look at that and somebody else is on vacation, so I got to go on another one and nothing wrong with a vacation. But when you think life is supposed to be one big vacation, that's, that's not reality. All right. When you're, a, when you become obsessed, well, they got a cute outfit. I need to go get me one. All right. Look what they wore last church, last week to church. I need to go get me something so I can look better than them. All right. Remove yourself from environments that trigger those unholy responses. There must be a separation from anything provoking jealousy anywhere in your world. Step two, stay aware of your need to be thankful. Here, this one's going to hurt. For God's blessings on, not my life, but somebody else's life. You want to kill jealousy? Here you go. Here's your baseball bat. It's coming down the middle. 90 mile an hour. Close your eyes and swing. You'll hit it. Be thankful for God's blessings in somebody else's life. If God is blessing someone else or using someone else, it doesn't mean God has chosen them over you. It's just their time to be blessed. And if we, can, if we can't rejoice for others when God is using them, it's likely that you're eliminating yourself from the blessing God is wanting to send your way. Amen. I, preach a, I have preached a message before, the scent of water. And the, the Bible talks about, the, at, uh, Job talks about at the scent of water. That the tree is revived at the scent of water. And the, the fact is you, water doesn't have a scent. But one of the, the facts that, that studying that out means that if I see you being blessed, if that tree, if I can sense there's water coming to your life, what that means is it's headed my way. So I'm going to rejoice with you. But when we fail to rejoice with others, what we do is we remove ourselves from the blessings of God. Amen. I want to rejoice with you. I found this. When you rejoice, when God uses other people, God will use you. But if you get jealous and envious and the whole time they're up there, speaking or singing or whatever they're doing and you're drawing little beards on their picture on your paper and devil ears over them, you know. I found pictures of my, you know, me on the bulletin and I got devil ears on me. And anyway, probably kids messing around, but anyway, I don't know. But if it's some of you adults, you need to rebuke the spirit of jealousy. <laughs> Consider two ways of saying the same thing. That dress looks very nice on you. Or that dress doesn't make you look as fat as the other one does. <laughs> the, the second one was a backhanded compliment. All right. 
The first is a sincere compliment. When you go up and say, man, I really enjoyed that speaking. Thank you for not going over an hour again. That's, that's not really a compliment. All right. The, the reason you're complimenting them is because they kept it shorter for you that time. All right. How about, I enjoyed that. I received something from the Lord through your speaking. All right. The first was a sincere compliment. The second is a thinly veiled revelation of the jealousy that is in your heart. Romans 12 and 15 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that do weep. Learning how to rejoice with others that are being blessed will position you for God's blessing in your life. Okay? Entitlement that God owes me. That God, you have to use me because I'm the pastor, or I'm the preacher, or I'm a minister, or I've got a license. All right? That spirit of entitlement, it has got to go. God can use anybody. Amen. God will use people that don't have position. God will elevate people at different seasons for different things that are at need in the church. And we can't use our position, our, uh, where we, our status in the church to say, well, I should be the one getting the opportunity because after all, I'm pastor. Jealousy over somebody else's blessing positions you to step out of God's favor altogether. You want to hit a home run? Rejoice with others when God is blessing them. You want to crush jealousy? Delete Instagram and then rejoice with others when God blesses them. All right, rejoice with others. Not just, you know, man, I'm so happy that you got that new home. And then you go, I can't believe they got a new home. No, really, truly, rejoice with them. I found it to be true. When you rejoice with other people, the blessing will come your way. It may not be right now, but it's going to come your way if you'll learn to rejoice with others. And thirdly and finally is, and most importantly, get your flesh under control. Get your flesh under submission. When spiritual warfare is waged with the spirit of jealousy, it seeks those that are prone to attitudes like intimidation, insecurity, or pride. The very nature of jealousy thrives when it finds flesh that is weak in one of those areas. So your fleshly attitude must be crucified if you're going to win this war. You must submit your attitudes to God. Nothing else can attain the spiritual authority you need to conquer jealousy like submission and humility. Humility. Saul, when you were humble, when you were small in your own eyes, God could do great things through you. But now that you've become great in your own eyes, God is rejecting you. Humility will destroy jealousy. God, it's just an honor to be in the church. If I don't ever get to sing, if I don't ever hold a position in the church, it's okay. I'm just thankful to be in the church. Amen. God, if you choose to use somebody else, if you choose to speak to the church through somebody else, if you choose God to use somebody else and elevate them, it's okay. I'm just thankful to be saved. And when you really can pray that into your spirit, you will defeat the spirit of jealousy. Amen. All right. Why don't we stand together? And we need to believe that it's the will of God that we are all in stable relationships with one another. Did you miss a blank? Uh, spiritual warfare is that one is waged. 
With the spirit of jealousy, it seeks out those that are prone to attitudes like intimidation, insecurity, or pride. Amen? All right. So, the next time somebody gets up there to sing and you didn't get to or whatever the position, it can be anything. Okay? And you start thinking, well, that's just the way it is. No, identify that as what it is. It's a spirit of jealousy and it's there to keep me from becoming everything I'm supposed to be in the kingdom of God. If the enemy starts to plant feelings towards specific people that God is using, identify that for what it is and crucify it by rejoicing with them. If you will rejoice with them, and I believe this, and I, I don't necessarily have scripture for this, but I believe that it's a, it's a measurable thing. In other words, if I rejoice this much, God is going to bless me this much. If I rejoice this much, God is going to bless me this much. And so in that spirit, those voices of jealousy come and begin to speak and say, you know, you should be the one. And why are they up there? And why is God using them? What you need to do is say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rejoice with them way up here. It's not what my flesh wants to do, but I'm going to do it because I know if I rejoice with them, not fake, phony. I'm really going to, I'm going to rejoice until that rejoicing becomes authentic and real. And if you'll do that, I'm telling you, your blessing way up here is coming. And God will use you. Amen. So, Lord, I pray right now, victory over the spirit of jealousy. Every one of us are prone to the attack of the spirit of jealousy. And if there's ever been a time in the history of humanity that we have been made vulnerable to a spirit of jealousy it's in the season of social media where everybody is posting their best sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there to get to our destination we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path so be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com.